Previously on Pockets, Petey, Pockets, and Coglean headed into Bogs Deep, where they dropped off Brack and met with an old wizard named Fallen. Pockets asked Fallen for his help getting past the trolls and shadow knights guarding the castle gate, but Fallen refused. It wasn't until Pockets said he'd tell the king's wizards that it was Fallen's master plan that got them through that he finally agreed to help. Fallen used the invisible feathers they'd gathered from Bok-Bok to create robes that turn invisible. He also brewed a potion that would temporarily turn the crabbies into spiders to scare off the trolls. Pockets and his friends thanked Fallen for his help and set off for the castle gate. And now for episode 8, The Pebble Castle. The Purple Rocket Podcast presents... The Adventures of Pockets. As the giant turtle shell dragged through the forest, the castle began to loom larger and became visible above the trees. They were getting close. Pockets could now make out that the castle was made up of little pebbles. Its growing stature was intimidating, and the fact that trolls and shadow knights lie ahead on the path made for an uneasy journey. Coglean was having an especially hard time. She paced back and forth in the shell. I can't do this. Pockets grabbed onto her shoulders. You can, Coglean. I have total faith in you. Coglean glanced around as if she were looking for a place to hide. What if I don't work, Pockets? But what if, what if my gears don't turn and the gate stays shut and the Shadow Knights and the Trolls attack us? Stop it. Look at me. Pockets turned her shoulders so that she faced him. Don't worry about it. Even if you can't open the gate lock, we'll find a way. Think of everything we've survived up to this point. It's like you said, there's some form of magic that has led us here. Something has protected us this far. Why wouldn't it continue to do so? Coglean took a few breaths and settled down. Yes, yes, I suppose you're right. Promise me this. Anything. If we get through that gate and we get an audience with the king... We ask him for his help protecting the Coggers. It's the least he can do if you're going to help him with this quest. Pocket smiled. I promise. We'll go back for the Coggers ourselves if we have to, Petey said, stepping into the conversation. He swayed his hot egg in a blanket. Pockets nodded. We will. We're in this together. Coglean's little metal face turned up in a smile. Yes, we are. 
A few moments later, they heard one of the crabbies call out, Approaching the gate. Shh, quiet, Pocket snapped. The guards will hear you. Oh, sorry. Pockets looked out the shell opening. The path was nearing the end of the forest. There was a clearing beyond it with a bridge and the great castle wall where they could see giant creatures standing guard. Stop here, Pockets whispered to the crabbies. He tossed two robes to Coglin and Pity. This is it. We'll keep the shell here in the trees, turn the crabbies into spiders, set them loose to scare off the trolls, and then we sneak past the shadow knights in our invisible robes. Petey threw on his robe and immediately vanished. Easy peasy. Can you see me? Nope. Coglin did the same and she too disappeared. How about me? Not a trace. Pockets put on his robe and had the eerie sensation of floating when he looked down and couldn't see his now invisible legs. Remind me to thank Bok Bok for those feathers. Come on, let's give that potion to the crabbies. He and the others hopped out of the shell and started helping the crabbies drink Farland's potion. Once the last vial was emptied, they stepped back and waited for something to happen. Are we supposed to feel something? One of the crabbies asked, scratching his hind shell with a claw. What if the potion lasts for only a few minutes? Another one added. The wizard said it would last for one hour, Pocket said. That should be plenty of time for you to scare them off and then take cover. What if we like being a spider? Another crabby asked. The other crabbies slowly turned to look at her. What? It's possible. They spin pretty webs and stuff. Just then, they started to change. From the ground up, their blue crab legs changed to black, and long hair sprouted from their shells. Their shells darkened and ballooned into fat, furry spider abdomens. Their antenna eyes sucked back into their hairy bodies and changed into a row of four black eyes. It was just a matter of seconds before every last crabby had changed into a giant furry spider. Pockets peeding Coglin gawked at them. Um, maybe I don't want to stay a spider, said the crabby, looking petrified at her own eight legs. Pockets finally shook off the initial shock of the transformation. The illusion was extremely convincing. Okay, well, it worked. We have one hour. Go on up to the gate, scurry around the trolls and scare them off. We'll follow a ways behind you. What if they just step on us? said one of the crabbies. What if spiders are actually a troll delicacy and they gobble us up? said another. Don't be ridiculous. Look at yourselves. Who would want to gobble up a bunch of horrific spiders? Horrific? That's a little harsh. Just go. Pockets untied their floss reins and the spiders scurried out of the trees into the clearing. Petey, Pockets, and Coglin followed them to the tree line and watched from the cover of the forest. They could see the trolls clearly now. They were huge, at least twice the size of Bok Bok. They were yellow with curved hairy backs, big ears, and squat heads that were accentuated by two husks sticking up out of their bottom lip. A couple of them were taking turns tossing a big rock at each other's heads. Ouch! 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 Another one was sniffing its armpits. 
and an especially fat one next to it was gnawing on its wooden club. Baka, baka, look! <laughs> A girl troll pulled up some grass and put it on her head. The other troll laughed. Pockets watched anxiously as the crabby spider skidded over the bridge and over to the trolls in front of the gate. Come on, please work! One of the trolls caught sight of the first spider and did a double take. Its eyes grew wide. It stumbled back. It let out a surprisingly high-pitched shriek for such a large creature. As the other trolls turned and saw the spider scurrying towards them, they too shrieked pathetically and fumbled for their clubs. In a sudden rush of panic, they fled in all directions and were so spooked that they didn't watch where they were going. Two by two, they bonked headfirst into each other. Clunk, gah, clunk, gah, clunk, 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 gah, gah, gah. One last clunk, goof, and the last troll dropped to the ground unconscious. There was a long, bewildered silence as Pockets looked where he thought Peeding Coglean was standing. Well, that didn't exactly go according to plan. At least they're out. Let's go before they wake up. Remember, stay quiet. We don't want the Shadow Knights to hear us. Pockets, Pete, and Coglin stepped out from the trees and carefully made their way down the path towards the gate. As they passed over the stone bridge, Pockets noticed a shadow emerging from the other end. It was in the shape of a knight. A few more slithered out from beneath the bridge and marched silently across the stone pavers. Pockets could practically hear his heart pounding. Could they see them? Had they heard their footsteps? He stopped and could feel Peeding Coglean right behind him. They stayed frozen as the shadowy figure slowly glided by on either side, a chilly breeze passing along with them. Pockets turned and watched them continue on towards the forest. That was too close, he thought. He let out the breath he'd been holding and continued across the bridge. Just as they were about to reach the other side, one last Shadow Knight sprang out from under the bridge and blocked the path in front of them. They froze. The Shadow Knight crept closer. Its darkened shape stretched across the ground, holding a long spear. Pockets looked around in a panic. What were they going to do? This huge Shadow Knight would surely brush against them as they passed. He remembered his pockets. Quietly, he pulled out his glue stick and tossed it over the bridge. It splashed into the creek below. The Shadow Knight immediately pursued the sound, drifting off silently towards the banks of the creek. Pockets and his friends rushed over the last stretch of bridge and up the hill to the gate. The crabby spiders had already fled. Giant unconscious trolls lay scattered about, all with big goose eggs on their foreheads. Tiptoeing, Pockets, Petey, and Coglin quietly passed them and stopped in front of the gate. The castle wall was enormous. Like the castle, it too was made up of millions of tiny pebbles. They formed an arch around the tall metal door, at the center of which was a hole just Coglin's size. Pockets could hear her nervous breathing next to him. He reached out and put a hand on her invisible shoulder. You got this. Coglin pulled off her invisible robe 
handed it to Pockets, and stepped up to the keyhole. For Yandra, she whispered. Gathering herself, she lunged at the gate, held out her arms to match the keyhole, and slid into place. After a few long seconds of silence, there was the faint whirring sound of a turning cog. Then another, and another, and another. Cogleen's gear spun, making the gate cogs turn until, thunk, clank, the lock turned and the gate door opened with a groan. Pockets and Petey ran through and stopped on the other side. You did it, Petey cheered. Great work, Cogleen, Pockets said. See, I told you, we're through. Hop on out. Pockets could hear Cogleen grunting, but she wasn't hopping out. I, I can't, came a muffled voice. I'm stuck. What? Pockets ran back to the tall door and tried to pull Cogleen free of the keyhole. She wouldn't budge. Come on, Petey, on three. Petey set down his egg and grabbed hold of Cogleen's other arm. One, two, three. Again, she wouldn't budge. Go on without me, Cogleen said. No, Pockets answered. We'll find a way to get you out. You don't have time. Go to the castle and have the king send someone to free me when he can. Go. Pockets didn't like it. He hated the idea of leaving Cogleen behind. But she was right. The trolls would wake up any minute and smell them. The Shadow Knights no doubt heard the gate open and were on their way back. Now was their chance. We'll come back for you, I promise, he told her. Grabbing hold of Petey, he ran back through the gate and headed for the castle. Pockets and Petey pulled off their invisible coats as they ran. The courtyard between the outer wall and the castle itself was empty. Lush flower gardens, fountains, and perfectly manicured hedges filled the space. But not a single soul roamed the pathways. They reached the main tower door and stopped. Pockets looked up and caught his breath. The tower was enormous and made entirely out of millions of small pebbles. Several smaller pebble towers stretched away from the main tower, connected by beautiful pebble walls. Some of the pebbles were clear and sparkled when the sun hid them. The sheer scale and majesty of the building was unlike anything Pockets had ever seen. He could hear laughter on the other side of the doors. Taking hold of the door handles, he looked back at Petey, who was carrying his egg over his shoulder in a blanket. Ready? Ready. Pockets threw open the doors and stepped inside. After walking through the silent courtyard, the loud music was startling as harps, horns, and a full orchestra rang out. It echoed through the great stone room full of dancing people. It was a ball of some sort, and everyone was wearing strange, colorful clothes. There were humans, giant squirrels, a toad woman, several flamboyantly dressed pelicans, porcupine guards, and all sorts of other yandering beings. Coggers swung across ropes above the crowd, performing acrobatics and flipping their metal bodies for the amusement of the guests. The party seemed to be at its peak, that is, until Pockets and Petey stormed in. The music died. The coggers stopped their flips. The people stopped dancing and laughing to look at them. 
For a long moment, everyone stared at the dirty boy in the pocketed pajamas and his platypus friend. Hi! Petey gave them an awkward wave. No one reacted. He slowly leaned over to Pockets. Maybe we should start dancing? I don't think that'd help much, Pockets whispered. He faced the crowd. We're here to speak with the king. The silence in the room suddenly changed to surprise chatter. Who dares interrupt my celebration? Came a strange shrill voice. The crowd parted for a large gizzard who was carrying a small man on a small throne upon his shoulders. The little man was clearly the king. He wore a three-tiered crown, a purple velvet robe, and an outrageous display of jewelry. His hair was long, curly, and dark, and his pointy face was half hidden by preposterously thick, bushy eyebrows. Even though the king couldn't have been much taller than Petey, the strong gizzard carrying him looked tired and defeated. Down, snarled the king. The gizzard god crouched down onto all fours so that the king could step off his throne. The little man carelessly stepped on the gizzard's hand in the process. The god winced but remained silent. Are you going to make me repeat myself, or... The king stopped in front of Pockets and looked him over, stunned. Impossible. A Beyondrin? We banished your kind years ago. Pockets was at a loss for words. His first impression of the king was not good. Had he come all this way for this little man? Could this possibly be the great king that had sent out the call for heroes? The king gave a revolted gag when he saw Pity. A platypus? Yuck! More of you? I fear we have an infestation on our hands. Pity struggled to look the king in the eye. Your Majesty, I was wondering if you've seen... Silence! The king's voice boomed in the great room. I will not be spoken to by vermin. Petey cowered back and sought shelter behind Pockets. Pockets clenched his fists and glared at the king. No one talked to his friends like that. He opened his mouth to tell the king so, but before he could say anything, the king asked, How did you get in here? The trolls, the shadow knights, the gate? His fern-like brows turned up in furious curiosity. Just then, two old men walked up from behind the king and stood by his side. They wore shimmering gold robes, and their hair was long, gray, and braided. Their smug faces considered the two intruders with distaste. One of them held up a hand and whispered a spell, making the big doors behind Pockets slam shut. Wizards. Pockets smiled at them. We made it here with a little help from one of your friends. Fallen the wizard? The two wizards looked at each other aghast. The crowd murmured amongst themselves. Enough! The king shouted, and the room fell silent once again. You mean to tell me that Farlin helped you get through the gate? That's right, Pocket said. His potions helped us sneak past your trolls and shadow knights. Suppressed rage trembled in the wizards' faces. The king didn't look amused, however. 
So a crazy outcast wizard helped you get by our conjured gods. Strange. I thought for sure Farlin was dead. He turned and gave his wizards a piercing look. The wizards shriveled in his presence. No matter, the king went on. That still doesn't explain how you got through the gate. Pockets thought for a moment and chose his words carefully. A cogkey. We met her in Cogtown. She was made especially to open the gate. Now the king looked horrified. The cogkey? Here? Where is she? Is the gate still open? She opened the gate, let us in, and went home, Pockets said. Pockets knew he wasn't a very good liar. Otis had told him so many times. He hoped his tone was convincing. If the king knew that Cogleen was still trapped in the gate at this very moment, he'd send all his guards out for her. Petey glanced at him out of the corner of his eye. The king stared into Pockets' face suspiciously, as if trying to read his thoughts. Is the gate closed? Yes. Good. The king noticed all the astonished guests around him. He suddenly smiled a most unnatural smile. Then I commend you <laughs> for penetrating my forces and finding me. You have passed the test. Pockets and Petey looked at each other. Test? That's right. The king's eyes bounced around as he struggled to piece together an explanation. You have passed my hero test. I set in place a series of obstacles for you to overcome in order to prove your worthiness to be granted a seat in my court, which you have clearly done. So well done. Respin? An old female skunk in server's clothing ran over. Prepare a seat for the Beyondrin that is pet at the East Table. The skunk bowed and immediately did as he said. A sense of relief swept across the room. So we passed your test? Pockets repeated, still confused. Does that mean we have earned the right to perform your noble quest? The king's possum-sized brows shot up into his crown. Quest? What quest do you speak of? Pockets pulled the torn paper from one of his pockets and unfolded it. Attention, heroes of Yondra, he read aloud. Have you ever wanted to see the kingdom? Have you ever wanted to fight the filth that plagues it? Are you seeking the greatest adventure Yondra has to offer? Petey was nodding along to all of the questions. Then heed the call of your king and come to the Pebble Castle where you will be awarded the quest of a lifetime. Pockets pointed to the picture of the hero standing atop the castle, holding a sword to the sky. We came to answer your call. We're your heroes. The king and all his guests looked dumbstruck. Then, after a long, painful silence, the room erupted into laughter. The king's laugh was loudest of all. Pockets glared at them. What's so funny? Petey laughed along with them. <laughs> I love a good laugh. Why are you laughing? Pockets shouted. The king finally composed himself. <laughs> Heroes, you, you really, you really fought. <laughs> 
What? Really thought what? The king held up his ringed hand. Respin, Respin, the full scroll, please, the full scroll. The skunk servant skidded off and returned holding a small scroll. The king took it and handed it to Pockets. Pockets unraveled the scroll. This one was clean and new with no faded or missing pieces. Go on, go on, read the bottom, the king said, barely able to contain his delight. Pockets read the fine print at the bottom of the scroll, a piece missing from his version. Only the best cleaners need apply. Pockets' voice trailed off. He pulled the top of the scroll to the end. The hero wasn't holding a sword to the sky. It was a mop. The king laughed some more. Fight the filth that plagues the kingdom. It is a job posting. You, you, you came all this way to get past my guards, all for a castle cleaning job. <laughs> the crowd laughed some more. Pockets was boiling. But, but it says the greatest adventure Yondra has to offer. It says you have the quest of a lifetime. A lifetime of servitude, the king laughed. So we exaggerated a little. No harm in adding a little flavor to attract more candidates. Clearly it worked. Respin, get these two their hero supplies. <laughs> Respin returned with dirty cleaning outfits and two mops. The king threw them both at Pockets and Petey. Let your noble quest begin. <laughs> The room exploded with laughter. Pockets' ears turned red. How dare you mock us! The laughs died off. What did you say to me? The king snarled. You heard me. We've come all the way through Yondra to help you. We defeated Pella Pirates, fought the big bad Bok Bok, traveled with cave giants, Survived your shadow nights, made it through a snail slime trap, for some really disgusting flies, saved the coggers from Tuga, and have journeyed miles and miles in his shell to get here. A pale stupor fell upon the king. Tuga? The crowd looked at each other nervously. Pockets nodded. He's been following us ever since we got here. The king looked to his wizards for answers. He's lying, said one of them. Truga has been kept away by our defenses for years, said the other. He wouldn't dare. Oh, yes, he would, Pockets told them. We've managed to stay ahead of him, but I've no doubt he and his army of gizzards aren't far behind. The king glared at him for a long moment. Nice try. You're just trying to get back at me because you feel foolish that your quest was nothing more than a pathetic cleaning job. In the background, the servant Respin hung her head. I do feel like a fool, Pockets admitted. I can't believe I came all this way and endured so much for the chance to help such an unworthy, miserable creature. The crowd gasped. Tuga is upon us, Pockets continued. And when he gets here, I hope he brings you to your little knees. How dare you, the king spat. Never, ever, ever have I been spoken to with such disrespect. Guards, 
take this treacherous liar and his pet to the dungeons where they belong. The porcupine guards grabbed Pockets and Petey and started roughly carrying them away. He's coming for you, Pockets shouted back. It's not me he wants. He wants you. This. Everything. The porcupines pushed him and Petey into the hole and slammed the door behind them. The king stared after them, full of fearful fury. His eye twitched. How did a Beyondran find this island anyway? He whispered to his wizards. I do not know, your majesty, said the taller one. Yondra's magic is meant to keep outsiders away. As you know, it is quite rare for someone from the outside to break through. The other wizard was struggling to keep quiet. What? What is it? The king cried. Unless, the other wizard said hesitantly, Yondra's magic brought him here. The king spat at the ground. Impossible! He glared back at the closed door. Impossible! Deep beneath the castle, the porcupine guards led Petey and Pockets down spiral stone steps until they reached an enormous cavernous room. It was circular with a deep bottomless hole at its center. Cages hung from chains over the deep darkness, all housing prisoners. Miserable moans and groans echoed off the stone walls. The flickering torches on the walls barely reached the cages. A ledge wrapped around the dark hole and resting on it was a cage, open and ready for Pockets and Petey. The porcupines pushed them into it, shut the door, locked it, and then pushed it out over the hole. Pockets felt his stomach lurch as they swung out over the darkness. The chain tightened and they swung back. They teetered for a few moments before the cage finally settled into a gentle sway next to the others. What are we gonna do, Pockets? Petey cried. What are we gonna do? Shh, I'm thinking. I'm scared, Pockets. I'm really scared. Calm down, Petey. I'll figure it out, okay? Petey? Came a quiet voice somewhere in the dungeon. Petey, is that you? Pockets and Petey went quiet and looked at each other. Petey? Said the voice again. Pockets and Petey jumped up and looked out at the other cages. A few cages away, just within the torchlight, they saw a female platypus with three adorable platypus children. Penelope? Petey cried. Penelope! My love! My babies! It's him! It's him! Petey, you found us! Papa! The platypus children jumped up and down. Rocketeers, I hope you enjoyed that episode of Pockets. 
I want to thank my mom for reading over the story, Roxanne Webb, and Jeremy from HarmoniousIdeas.com for his help editing the audio. I want to give a special shout-out to some of our patrons. Sue from Chiang Mai, Thailand. Thank you so much, Sue, for listening. And wow, from Thailand, that is so cool. You'll have to write me and tell me a little bit about Chiang Mai. It sounds like an amazing place. But thank you so much, Sue, for listening and for your support. I also want to thank Melissa Hung and Ever Landau for your support. Thank you so, so much. Rocketeers, you're all amazing. Your feedback has been awesome. I apologize for the hiccup uh, recently with the episodes. I recently transferred to a new host, and it didn't go so smoothly. And uh, some of the episodes were offline for a little bit. So thank you for your patience, and I apologize uh, for the inconvenience. But I think we're all good to go now. Everything should be up and running. Rocketeers, if you're looking for a way to support the show, please go to patreon.com slash purplerocketpodcast. You can get ad-free episodes, discounted merchandise, some bonus stories. Uh, Thank you, thank you for all those existing patrons out there. It really helps to get some help with the audio. So I love it. Thank you so much. And Rocketeers, keep telling your friends and family about the show. Rate it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, and tell your friends and family on social media. Any way you can share it, it is much appreciated. And don't forget to check back next time for an all-new episode. This is your host, Greg Webb.